G'day and welcome to Perco's Podcast, a podcast all about strategy, leadership and soul care. We're here to help you obtain your personal, professional and spiritual goals without losing your soul. We hope that today's episode is refreshing and gives you a new perspective. Now here's your host, Jason Perkins. G'day everyone and welcome to episode 12, part 2 of Perco's Podcast. Wherever you're tuning in from around the world, I hope you are having a ripper day. We have people that listen to the podcast from all over the planet. Recently, I heard from one of our podcast listeners from Wisconsin, a northern U.S. state. Brandon shared how much he loves the podcast, and he also shared a really fun idea for a live podcast recording that he had, where listeners can actually be a part of the recording, ask questions around how they can reach their goals and how they can care for their souls. And I love the idea so much, Brandon that I've decided we're going to give it a shot. So if you're a listener, regular listener to the podcast, I want you to make sure that you keep an eye out for the invitation to that live recording. I'll be getting that out via my social media platform. So if you want to follow me on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, it's just Jason Perko Perkins. That's my social media handle. Or even better than that, sign up for my weekly email. You can do that on my website, the homepage, jasonperkoperkins.com and I'll get you all the details of that live podcast recording and how you can be a part of it in your inbox. So make sure you sign up for my weekly email. I also want to let you know that today we are in part two of this conversation with Ashley Fell that we started last week about her brand new book, Work Wellbeing, Leading Thriving Teams in Rapidly Changing Times. In part two of the conversation today, we dive into everything regarding leadership, specifically how that relates to work, not just the workplace, but how it actually relates to our work. And she gets really specific about how we can lead the emerging generations coming into the workforce in a way that will help them to thrive. It's a fantastic conversation. Before we dive into the conversation though, let me just quickly remind you who Ashley is. She's a social researcher, author, TEDx speaker, and she's the director of communications at McCrindle Research. She recently co-authored a book with a previous podcast guest of mine, Mark McCrindle, the one I just spoke about. And I'm telling you, I just read this book recently. It's fantastic. You've got to get a copy for yourself. You can get all the details about the book in the show notes and how you can get your own copy. Or even better, we're giving away three copies of the book via a little promotion on my social media platform. So again, go follow me on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. You'll get all the details how you could get your own copy of the book for free. Well, without any further ado, here is part two of my conversation with Ashley Fell. So the other, another thing you talk about in the book that I think is really incredible is this idea of employee engagement. And you actually refer to something that I'm very familiar with because of my years in the business development and marketing and sales um, areas in that space. This idea of a net promoter score, which a lot of a lot of businesses will do surveys to try and figure out, hey, what's the likelihood of you recommending fill in the blank product, service, company, or whatever to your friends and family and so on. And and from that they develop this net promoter score to help their business really understand, are their customers that engaged? You guys talk about this idea of employee engagement and you actually have a a different kind of score, a net culture score. But I'd love for you to unpack 
the equation that you guys that you use the CPI engagement equation um, and the three things that contribute to the engagement and then how a business or how an organization can maybe monitor how they're doing with employee engagement through this net culture score mm. yeah so with this CPI equation that we have developed um, basically stands for culture purpose and impact so it is okay. um, I think a framework that leaders can use and evaluate things against um, and just consider and what, what the reason we've used and I guess depicted it as an equation is that all three are really important and sometimes it's good for us to stop and reflect and go what areas are we really strong in what areas maybe are we not as strong in and you know we've seen lots of different organizations that we've worked with be really strong on the culture side but maybe not as strong on the purpose or the impact or even really great engaging culture and culture is effectively how you do things in your organization and I I love this um, definition which I'll just read it says it's the character and personality of your organization it's what makes your business unique and is the sum of its values traditions beliefs interactions behaviors and attitudes Um, Mm. and in the book we also wrote positive workplace cultures attract talent drive engagement impact happiness and satisfaction and affect performance so there's some again tangible connections because I feel like culture can also just be this kind of nice aspirational thing it can be hard to define um but yeah there's the if you have a really engaging culture and a really strong purpose but maybe you're not celebrating the impact and i think impact's really key because if people are working in an organization really hard and they're really productive um, but we're not stopping to celebrate the wins that can kind of be a bit of a track towards people being disengaged not feeling valued or not feeling um, not necessarily rewarded but not feeling like they're having an impact so that can be one way that can avoid burnout you know when you've got a really high performing team and hopefully yes. a lot of, lots of organizations do um, you know how do you just have those small moments or big moments where you stop and celebrate um, a win and you know for us in our organization we try and live out all the things that we put in a, in this book yeah. so yeah for us, absolutely um, it's like there's a bigger mo- there are bigger moments of celebration um, you know team dinners or team outings or offsite days or whatever it might be but then um, we have sort of smaller granular things that we do um, like we try and have lunch together every day that's part of our culture where we can all have a break and if someone's working through lunch there are times where that might need to happen but we all, we're often no stop and have a break have lunch um yep. have a break and you know in, engage with the team and and just get out of your work head space for a second and oftentimes that's even what makes us more productive uh which yes, is counterintuitive for i think a lot of people yeah. to go oh i actually need to have a break or go for a walk yep. or some, yeah. do whatever it might be um guilty as guilty as charged ashley i as i'm listening to you say this my, you talk about Clifton Strength Finders earlier today. One of my strengths is is a futurist. Yeah. And so, I have to I have to literally build into projects the time and the space to celebrate the end of a project because I'm already on to like the next yeah. three projects already being a futurist. So, so important to stop to celebrate the wins to pause because you're right. Research has shown that producti- productivity actually goes up when we do stop and take that 15 minute walk or go and sit on the bench in silence and solitude for a few minutes. Um, yeah. So I, I, it's fantastic. Go on. Yeah. And it's, there's this great um, little 
visual that's been doing the rounds on Instagram and um, it's in the presentation for today and it talks it looks at this kind of um, this pie chart and it says what I thought would make me productive and it's just this full circle and it just says hard work and then the next yeah. one is what actually makes me productive and it's this pie chart split up and it's like eating well getting sleep having rest hard work is like a third of it you know because yeah and that's again we look at that and that's I think um a bit more surface level in terms of well-being, making sure we get those opportunities for rest and things like that. But even within a culture, we expand on this um, in a lot in the book, you know, organisations and leaders who even develop their team have a culture of leadership development where people feel like they're being invested in personally and that's particularly important for younger generations who are starting their career Um, and we often have this saying you know many people leave jobs not because there is a compelling reason to leave but because there's no compelling reason to stay so it's not that they've had a bad experience but that they just they're not feeling like they're growing or there's no purpose that they're working for Um, and so there's all this importance of I guess wrapping all this up in a culture that has training um, that has you know a variety that enables people to have a job that has a variety of different responsibilities and content that has work-life integration and balance and and priorities there um, but also the culture and the community um, and we have this this saying in the book which I love you know for many uh, work is simply a job but for many more it's a place of social interaction belonging and purpose and mm. when workplaces can create that sense that we're all in this together, that we support each other, that we support your well-being, that we work hard, that we challenge you so that we can grow you. Um, I think that's that's a cult, they're really engaging culture. And then the second part of it, like I said, is purpose, connecting that culture to a higher purpose and then celebrating the impacts and the wins of when people actually, um, you know, achieve things or, or do good good work. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's the CPI equation. Hopefully it's a helpful framework. Um, oh, to, absolutely. Help to evaluate how engaged employees are. Um, and you asked I know, before around practical ways they can do that. And I think one way, this is the research probably coming out in me, um, yeah, is yeah. to ask people and catch up with people. And, what, you know, if it's appropriate, you could survey your people um, in an organization or, or um whatever it might be, whatever team you're leading, even if, even if it's volunteers, just to get that feedback and, and how people are going across an array of different measures. But also just chatting with people and then seeing and getting that feedback from the team is also super yeah. important, I think, as to how you're going with that CPI part of the equation. Yeah. You talk about surveying your teams, and I think that that's really what you mean by in the book, you talk about this net culture score. Mm. And so surveying your teams, your staff, whoever it is on employee engagement and satisfaction will actually help you as a leader to perhaps, you know, try to come up with some formula that says, hey, in in July of 2020, our net culture score was X. And by July of 2021, we'd like to see that increase. You know, we'd like to see that uh, gain some in some areas. And so it's a great way, I think, for for people to be able to benchmark perhaps where their organization is at um, with employee engagement. I love it. You're probably actually familiar with the the idiom or the phrase, everything rises and falls on leadership. And so you guys spend, as you call it, the mega chapter, an inordinate amount of time and and energy in leadership in this book, which I think is fantastic. I, I absolutely love it. It was hard for me to honestly come up with a question about that for this podcast so I'm going to do my best but I'd love it if you would help unpack 
this idea of the leadership spectrum, this tool that you came up with that really helps people to put a score on different leadership styles, their effectiveness, and also how they interact with the generations. I feel like that's my summary of the leadership spectrum anyway. (laughs) Give me a better summary of it. Maybe unpack that a little bit and, and just describe for us how can how can leadership styles do so much as far as impacting, especially the way they interact with generations Y and Z right now in the workplace? Yeah, so we have this leadership spectrum diagram in the book and we unpack that a little bit and it looks at um, like the two axes. You've got autonomy um, and you've got authority. So authority of the leader and autonomy of the team. And it's, I guess, finding this balance um, between those two aspects of leadership. And we look at... Um, nine different sort of styles of leadership from the controlling where the leader is very authoritarian it's it's top down to coordinating um, and and delegating from directing to guiding and empowering as well as advising collaborating and participating so the nine sort of different styles and like you said we've we've scored them each in terms of um, the time it takes and and the output and the ownership so there's all these different aspects going on I think when you're trying to lead a team of people um, and yeah it's it's a I think it's a helpful model for people to look at and go what what where am I sitting what leadership style do I maybe naturally gravitate towards based on my personality or my strengths or my team or what work you're actually doing um, yeah. I think that's important to recognize that there's different types of work and so there might be different appropriate styles but overall we found that over time, we've moved away from this command and control leadership style where it's top-down, authoritarian, hierarchical towards more of a collaborative and contributive leadership style. And again, we tested basically those two forms rather than all of the nine. Uh, we sort of grouped them into a couple of different um, types of leadership and tested them with Australians in a survey. And we were talking about, you know, what did you first experience when you began your career? What do you experience today? And what do you want to experience in terms of leadership in the workplace and it was very much when I first started it was a bit more authoritarian and hierarchical uh, currently people are we're moving away from that sort of command and control yeah. which is I think a good yes. thing um, yeah yeah towards more of that coordinating which is I think a really positive step but I guess for us it's more about that empowering leadership style where leaders um, you know give responsibility give opportunity and I know for me that's been my personal experience um i feel like i've been able to grow so much because the leaders in that i was looking up to said we believe you can do this and we want you to do it they just they didn't just you know encourage me to do something they they equipped me and they entrusted me to do it and that's what empowering leadership is um and giving opportunity and i guess for me um i love this quote from richard branson who said you know if if you get presented with a great opportunity and you don't think you should do it you don't think you can do it that's when you know you should do it because Oftentimes, you know, we, we sit back and we wait and we go, I'm not ready for that. But it's yeah. it's when you get the opportunity and you've got to do the work and put in the hours and, and put in the effort and then you grow into that rather than, you know, being ready for something. So I think that's really, um, yeah, what Empowering Leadership is about and that collaborative and con- con- contributive model of leadership that the emerging generations are also really looking for in a workplace. Um, they're looking to have input into the conversation they've grown up in a world of social media where they're they're used to you know contributing their ideas and opinions on things yeah. and i do think i will say as much as i am i'm a millennial myself um yeah and i'm all about empowering the next generation but i do think and maybe some older leaders listening going but they're so entitled and they just 
I think there does need to be a little bit of expectation management that they won't be, you know, promoted yeah. after the first few months or whatever yeah. it might be, because that sometimes can be their their expectation. So managing yeah. that, but giving opportunity for advancement, for training, investing in your team members, um, making sure that people feel like they can contribute ideas, and also that that relates again to um, we talk about this in the book, and we look at. Um, the importance of trust and the importance of leaders who enable their teams to fail uh, because we know that failure leads to innovation and so yes. you know it's that idea that everyone's around the table everyone can contribute ideas even if it's not the best idea just get it out let's 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 collaborate let's contribute and that's when we can innovate and respond and that's so important um, it always has yeah, been but absolutely. it's so important today particularly in the in the global pandemic that we're in that many businesses are facing challenges so yeah, yeah leadership styles really are important but particularly I think when you're leading the next generation as well yeah I had a great um, boss for a number of years who oftentimes talked about we really celebrate excellent failures he would call them in <laughs> yeah. fact in fact he has a podcast now called excellent failures cool. where they just talk about all their failures and and how that led to innovation and so on yeah. um I would love it, Ashley, you talk about in the book, and I love this term, enlarging leaders. Mm. And so you talk about the different things that they can do, which you've just gone over of empowering and equipping and entrusting and all the other E words that end in ING, <laughs> which are great. Um, can you maybe just give us a personal example of how you both have received some leadership from somebody that was enlarging for you? and how you are then reciprocating that to the people that you're leading. Maybe some personal examples of that. Yeah, sure. So um, it's funny because I guess a lot of my enlarging leadership has come from Mark, who I've co-authored this book with. But yeah, when I first yeah. started at McCrindle, um, you know, a lot of what Mark and I do today, um, Mark was doing, you know, when I started, and that's presenting at conferences and going to the media um, and, and speaking to the media. And we do a lot of TV interviews um, for you know Sky News and Seven News and the Today Show and all of them because of all the research we conduct. Um, and so yes. I remember Mark was sort of starting to talk to me about, oh, I think that you might be, um, you know, I'd love you to have a go at speaking and communicating the research. And I was like, okay, I've done a bit of public speaking um, in high school. I did debating. I was vice captain. Like I've, I've done that. I, I worship lead at church. I'm not um, scared of getting up in front of people yep and then he sort of said oh I've, I've got this opportunity um to speak to seven news about something and i'd like you to do it and i was like there's no way i could go and speak to media uh that that is a high pressure environment um and you've yep. got to memorize all these stats and you can't have any notes and you've got to be eloquent and be the expert on something on a topic um and i was yep. just like there's no way and he's like no no i'll help you and that that's been something for me that i'm still learning and growing in today the media interviews um i do them quite yeah. frequently but they're still always challenging and they require a lot of effort um, but also I, I watched guess, you I watched you by the way actually recently on the Today Show talking oh, yeah. about like ba baby names in Australia I yeah. think it was or something and then they did a um, they kind of put you on the hot seat about something and I can't remember what it was <laughs> But you did a great job of dodging the question and not actually giving a great... You, you, uh, it was something to do with a celebrity and I don't remember what it was, but I thought that was a really wise way to answer that question, Ashley, on, on that particular show. So well done. That thank was really good. You. Yeah, thank you. So, and, you know, no, what were you going to say? Sorry? I was, I was going to say, so how do you then... You've experienced that from Mark in your own life. How do you then 
transfer that as you're leading teams? Like, give us maybe some examples of how you've done that. Yeah, well, I guess the, the direct example is now I train other people in media commentary. So I've got a team um, and we're, we're really passionate at McCrinnell about creating multiple voices. Um, and so that's, I guess, the heart behind Mark going, I want you to be able to speak. I want you to be able to um, deliver media commentary. And so I'm, a, I'm in just a team of people who do that regularly. Yeah. Um, but yep. I've had a little bit more experience. And so I, I do the training with them and I go, and I've had that. It's funny because I've had that conversation with someone. I, I went up to my colleague and I said, so um, Channel 9 are going to come to the office and they're going to film and I'd, I'd love you to do it. And just that look of like pure terror and fear and going me no way and I'm like and it was just I had this parallel moment of like I remember that being me a few years ago and now I get to be the one to coach you and develop you and in that particular skill set so yeah Yeah. I mean and it's so rewarding when you can do that for someone and and that celebration of the win afterwards when they get through all of that hard work and that push um, the stats memorizing the fear and then we go the the camera crew's left let's celebrate let's go and get a coffee let's just celebrate this real big win that you just had your first media interview so yeah it's 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 enlarging leadership it's growing people it's challenging them and I think we address that in the book as well that oftentimes again it's almost this um, stereotype or misconceived idea I think of well-being that we're just in a state of comfort but actually well-being is about growth and being challenged not being burnt out that's probably the extreme end of it that impedes our well-being but yeah the ability for us to grow and and be challenged and in a workplace context that comes from enlarging leadership when we can give opportunities to people for them to step outside of their comfort zone and try something new and then do that over time and, and grow in that area so yeah it's it's been something that I've experienced and that yeah I really enjoy um giving opportunities to others in the team as well yeah I love it hey I'm I'm going to uh, give you, a, I've got one final question because I know our time is short and you've got a, a launch party to get to, <laughs> which I'm super excited to, uh, to be able to see today. I would love it if you would just begin to unpack a few things for us around soul care personally. And this podcast, as you know, is all about helping people reach their goals without losing their souls. I actually think, I'm going to go out on a limb here, I think you missed the, the right title for your book. I think... <laughs> I think it should have been how to care for your soul at work because so much of what you're talking about at work or not just at work but in work is actually tied to your soul because God, I believe, created work for us to have purpose and fulfillment. So could you share with us maybe either in the workplace or in work or even outside of work, do you have any personal practices and rhythms that are kind of like your go-to for caring for your soul. You talk about worship leading at church and different things that you're involved with outside of work per se. What are some things that you love to go to that you feel like are just life-giving and care for your soul, some practices and rhythms? Yeah, so I think for me, um, and it's it's a little bit ironic because um, you know, written a book on work well-being and I you know, def- definitely don't think I'm I'm there yet in terms of, you know, it's a constant journey and a constant state of flux. And even for over the last few months, like our business hasn't been immune to the challenges with COVID and we've had to readjust and pivot. And, you know, I feel like my workload's just expanded a lot. Um, trying to launch yeah. this book, we're working on another one at the moment. Um, so yep. I feel like, you know, it's, it's a high pressure environment and that achiever status in me can can work late. You know, I'm like, I've written a book yeah. on being, I really need to go home <laughs> now. Um, so I'm yep. working on, I have to say, I'm working on that. I'll be real about that. But 
For that's me, why I we think... call them, actually, that's why I call them practices. I yeah. tell people all the time, it's not perfection. I'm practicing yeah. this. Just like a doctor is in a medical practice and they're trying medicine on you to see if it actually fixes your problem. We're all practicing. So yeah. go on. I agree. We're all in flux. <laughs> We're all in, on a journey. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think... Yeah, one thing that I really enjoy doing is, as much as I'm an extrovert and I love being around people, I also have introvert tendencies and I love being by myself. And I've just realized over the last few months, um, because I'm used to going out and traveling a lot, and obviously that's stopped now, um, and I'm home a lot more with my husband, which I love, but I also realize like when it comes to weekends, I just need some time by myself. And so what that means for me looks different. Um, it sometimes is going out for a walk in nature, which I know is really beneficial. Um, it might be upskilling in an area or just taking some time to read a book with a cup of coffee. Um, now I say this, I don't have children yet, so I'm, I'm very empathetic to those who do and who yeah. just say, oh, what a luxury yeah. that would be. Um, yeah. And I'm like, yep, I'm gonna just maximize that luxury until the kids come along. But yeah, yeah. I think for me it is, is taking that time out. Um, and also for me personally, I'm just one of those people that, um, like I was, you know, we had Bible study on, on Tuesday night via Zoom and we were running late and I'm just not one of those people. I wish I kind of was. My husband is, it's just like, Bible study's finished, to sleep we go right now. And I'm like, I need to wind down. I need to just have yeah. that time to decompress my day um, and whatever that looks like. Normally for me, it's a cup of tea at the end of the day um, and it's sometimes watching TV, sometimes it's just sitting. Um, sometimes if I'm feeling very attuned to my well-being it might be like a small meditation or a yoga practice or something um yep. just to sort of wind down and reflect and that for me is really important i feel like that helps helps my soul um yeah, and really connect so with what has happened in the day being grateful reflecting on mm. some of the challenges um and being ready for you know another day the next day which is going to be really high impact high performance um but yeah just to have that time to reflect and, and connect with god and and I think also practicing gratitude has always been yeah. something I've um, I've really found to help me get gain perspective when things perhaps aren't going well in whatever sphere it is, but just to be grateful. And over the last few months as well, like we've for me, my work has been busier than I think I've ever had in my whole life, and it's been mm. challenging. But I'm also really grateful to have a work that I love, that work that has purpose, yeah. that has an engaging yeah. culture. And so, yeah, reflecting and, and being grateful is also something that I try and do regularly that really helps me. I love that. Ashley, it sounds a lot like, I don't know if you're familiar with St. Ignatius, but the St. Ignatius prayer of examine at the end of the day, mm. where you just reflect and contemplate on your day, how, go how God was coming to you throughout the day. It has yeah. a lot to do with gratitude and Man, that's a, it's a great practice. It's a fantastic practice. I, I would encourage you to keep it up. I think it's fantastic. So it's awesome. Hey, if people wanted to connect with you um, to find out more information about the book, which, by the way, you talk about, and we didn't get to it today on the podcast, but people need to get the book. Here's, that's the reality. Um, you talk a little bit about Sabbath in the book, which is a great practice for soul care, especially as it relates to work. So... I would love for people to grab the book because there's a great uh, whole little bit about that in one of the mm. chapters on Sabbath. So, um, But if people wanted to connect with you, wanted to find out more about the book, what are some easy ways for them to be able to do that? 
Yes, we've set up um, a little website to host the book um, where you can go to purchase it if you were interested in um, watching back that, that virtual event that we're actually going to be yeah. doing today. Um, yeah, then yeah. you can watch that. So that's workwellbeing.com.au and we're going to use that and build that over time and add some resources from the book, things like that, um, some of the models. But then I guess more broadly, McCrindle, um, we're very, we like to think, and I, I believe we are very generous with a lot of our research um, we try and set as much of it free as we can, um, freely accessible for people. And I guess the McCrindle blog is probably the place that we just, at the moment, we're putting like five blogs up a week because we've just got so much content from a lot of the reports and the, and the book that we've written. So that's mccrindle.com.au forward slash blog. And that's probably like a bit of a gateway to some really great um, yeah, resources, great resources. For, yeah. like, for everyone, but also particularly for Christians and for church leaders. We've got some stuff on there as well. Yeah, so good. So I want to encourage you, if you're listening to the podcast or you're watching on YouTube, go get your very own copy of Work Wellbeing at workwellbeing.com.au. That'd be great. Ashley, thanks so much for your time. Thanks for being on Perco's podcast. Thanks for having me. It's been great. Well, what a great conversation with Ashley. I'm so thankful for her time. And my favorite part of the conversation today was really around the big idea of becoming an enlarging leader for those that you work with and those that you do life with. Wouldn't it be great if we were all known for being the type of person and leader who enlarges the lives of those that we lead and live with? That'd be fantastic. I want to give you some quick news, especially for those of you that are regular listeners. As you know, this podcast is all about helping you reach your goals and not lose your souls. As part of a healthy soul care, I believe it's important to take a weekly Sabbath. So work six days, paid or unpaid, and then rest for a day. No paid or unpaid work on the seventh day. I apply that rhythm to my life, and so I also like to apply that rhythm to my podcast as well. So for the next couple of weeks, we're going to take a break because we've had six episodes in a row now. And so as we do, we take the seventh one as a break. And in light of the Sabbath, I'm actually going to be releasing a couple of bonus episodes that I'll be sharing about Sabbath and sharing some of the personal practices I have that I hope are helpful for you. So over this Sabbath from our regular programming where I interview people, hopefully these episodes about Sabbath will actually be helpful for you in taking on that practice of a Sabbath in your own life. Don't forget, we're giving away three copies of Ashley's book that we just discussed, Work Wellbeing. So I want to make sure you don't miss out on how to get those copies and also want to make sure you don't miss out on any of the conversations like this one and so many that are coming in the future. So here's what you need to do. Go follow me on social media. Um, that's where the uh, promotion about the book giveaway will be at. You can follow me. Jason Perko Perkins is my handle on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, wherever you're at on social media. Or you can go to my website and sign up for my weekly email, jasonperkoperkins.com. I promise we will not inundate you with information every single day that is not helpful for you. We just simply want to make sure you're aware of the giveaways that we're doing and also new episodes as we release them. So sign up for that weekly email if you haven't done so already. Also, you can hit the subscribe button on whatever platform you listen to podcasts on. That'll make sure that you get every episode as we release them. Also, if you would leave us a rating and a review, that would be super helpful. That actually helps us to get the word out to as many people as we possibly can about these helpful conversations around reaching your goals and also caring for your soul. 
That's what this podcast is all about. We want to help people reach their goals without losing their souls. And we'd love to do that for as many people as we possibly can. Our dream is to see a generation of leaders who reach their goals and at the same time hear them say, it is well with my soul. Thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. I so look forward to connecting with you online this week via social media or through email. So hit me up. Hope you have a great week and enjoy your Sabbath. Cheers. You've been listening to Perco's podcast. Join us next time for more insights on strategy, leadership, and soul care to help you reach your personal, professional, and spiritual goals while at the same time not losing your soul. In the meantime, make sure to connect with us on social media. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.